0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: You know, folks, we are going through First Thessalonians. We're very quickly wrapping up what is being said here because we're in the last chapter. I think we have like two or three more weeks here in this study. And and last week we looked at the reality that Paul did not want us to be ignorant. He did not want us to be marked by ignorance concerning the end times. And, And that's especially true for us today, especially as we live in these uncertain times. And it's not It's not ironic that we need to look at this today, because so many of us, we can maybe be talking about people and talking about the things that are happening in the world and the things that are happening in our economy, and more than likely, if you're talking to a Christian, and I was just talking to somebody, a dear friend yesterday, and you'll hear people say things like this, we're getting closer to the time of Jesus coming. He'll be coming any time now. And usually the older the person is, the more likely you'll hear that statement. Did you hear what I said? I'm not picking on older people. But the older the pe- person is, and as they're bothered by what they see, the more likely you'll hear them say, Jesus is coming back soon. Have you found that to be true? I, I, I find that to be true. Because the younger folks aren't thinking about They're thinking everything's normal. And you're like, if you've lived longer, you're like, it's not normal. Your normal was the 70s or the 60s or the 80s. And they're like, what's that? Their normal is now. And, and so you think Jesus is coming back, and, and then you look in Christendom, and you listen on the radio, and you look, and you go to the bookstore, and you look in the Christian section, and there's a plethora of books, one upon another, telling you about when Jesus is coming back and how everything is pointing to that. Have you noticed that? But I want you to understand, if you go back just to verse 13, he tells you, I don't want you to be ignorant. See, if we're going to have faith in these uncertain times, you need to have an understanding of what's going to happen. But it doesn't have to be a fixation on it. It just needs to be an understanding of who you are and where you're at and the hope you have, and that will carry you through. And that's what we're going to see today. He's going to talk about that we need to be aware of the times. Aware of the times. Do you have an awareness of the times? Well, yes, George, I was studying so-and-so, and and he has this chart, and he lays it all out, and he understands, and and as soon as we go to the kilometers in the United States, that's definitely going to prove the point, instead of using miles, that Jesus is coming back soon. Folks, it has nothing to do with whether or not they change your road signs. So let's look at what he says here. I mean, it's just, we're just going to look at verses 1 to 5, these five verses. There's a lot of truth here that you and I need to grasp. And then next week, let me just kind of give you next week. Next week, he's going to tell us how to live with this knowledge. We're going to talk about how we need to have a realistic awareness of the times right now, today. Next week, we're going to talk about how we need to live with that. So look at what he says here, verses 1 to 5. He says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety... Then sudden destruction upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these five verses, and we're going to basically look at three sections here. We're going to see... The how and when, the issue of how and when. We're going to look at his coming in verses 2 to 3, and then we're going to look at our position. What do we need to understand about us in spite of this if we're going to live in these uncertain times? So let's talk about the issue of how and when. Here's the reality. This is a natural human tendency. Whether you are a Christian or not, the human tendency for all of us is this, and here's the point. We want to know the how and when the end will happen. We want to know how and when the end will happen. Bottom line, have you noticed that? I mean, there's, there's even a whole genre of mo- movies about that. What do you mean? Like Apocalypse and all of these movies. In fact, there was just recently a, a redoing of the Left Behind movie with Nicolas Cage, to tell you about how Jesus is coming back. Why does that sell? Why does like the Left Behind series sell millions of books, not just to believers but to unbelievers? Why does that sell? Because everybody has a curiosity about how what's going to happen, the end of the world. And there it is. I remember when I became a believer in 1985, almost 30 years ago, one of the first books I read was from Radio Bible Class, which makes the Our Daily Breads, and it was talking about when Jesus was coming back. That was one of the first books I read. Not about how to live my Christian life. Immediately, I wanted to know, when is Jesus coming back? And we get so fixated on it, and let's be honest, there's so many discussions about it, Here's the thing I want you to see. That's our human tendency. We want to know the how and the when. We want to know the how and the when. But I want you to notice with me, verse 1, what the Apostle Paul says to you. He just got through telling us in verses 13 through 18 of chapter 4 that this is our hope. And you're going to be a part of it, so don't be ignorant of it. But now he comes to verse 1 of chapter 5. Here in chapter 5, look at what he says. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Here's the point. There's no need to focus on that. What? Shouldn't we be aware of when he's coming back and what the signs are and what all of the prophecies are, George? Shouldn't we have an awareness of that? And, and, and look, I've read all these books and I know all of these positions and you should see all the charts that I have. Shouldn't we have that awareness? Now, you need to have an awareness of the times, but when it comes to the reality of his coming, you already know enough is what he's saying. I don't need to write you anymore about this. See, my friends, there doesn't need to be a focus on that. How many Christians do you know that are so focused on that? They just look at things like, especially when 2008 happened, when, when, when a new president was elected, one that they didn't like, and the economy collapsed and their comfort zone was affected, Then all of a sudden, everything's changing in the culture rapidly. I want you to understand, 2008 is a is a mark. You're going to realize that as time goes on, there are certain years where certain things happen. You're going to realize that 2008 was a shift in our culture. And with that, we became all of a sudden uncomfortable and all of a sudden realizing, boy, Jesus is coming back soon. What does all this mean? Paul says, I'm not going to write to you anymore. You already know enough. You really know what you need to know. You don't need to know what's going on here or what's happening here or what's going on there. You just need to know this one point. What's the one point that he's coming? That he's coming. You know, you know, I've been a Christian for 30 years and, you know, I went to Liberty University and, and, and would hear numerous speakers, good, some of you have been there, you've been there and you have people come in and, 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 and I can remember back even 30 years ago that th- there was stuff going on back then. Like the Gulf War, the first Gulf War with Saddam Hussein and, and there were whole messages on how Saddam Hussein fits into prophecy. Here we are 30 years later, and nobody's talking about that anymore. Have you noticed that? Now we're talking about something else. Some of you remember back in the oil crisis of 1972. Those of you who are really older know that. And and we were talking back then about how OPEC fit into the what? The prophecies. Now you're happy that OPEC is dropping the price on your gas. Maybe they're not the Antichrist. Do you know what I'm saying? Here's the thing I want you to see. You already know enough. What do we know, George? Well, here he's going to reiterate it for us. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2 and 3. He says this. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Here's what I want you to see about his coming. First thing he's telling us here is, is we need to rest in what we know. You don't need to get all weirded out. You don't need to get all in a funk. You don't need to get all worried about what's going to happen and what's the issue with ISIS and what's the issue with that and, and and 9/11 and how does that fit into it? Look, there's a whole prophecy genre that's been developed trying to help you to understand how America fits into prophecy. Can I help you a little bit? Help you save some money? Don't bother buying the books because prophecy is not about the United States prophecy is about Israel bottom line and if some guy wants to tell you how we're fitting into the book of Isaiah you need to look at that and say wow do i need a piece of piece of garbage to put in my wood burner should i spend money on that cuz that's basically what you're buying See, you already know. You just need to rest in what you know. Isn't that what he's saying there? Look at what he says there. Look at with me, verse 2. He says there this, For you yourselves know perfectly. You already know what you need to know. Well, what is that, George? Well, look, here's the next point. We know that Jesus will come suddenly and unexpectedly. That's all you need to know. Look at what he says. He describes it, that Jesus comes as a what? Thief in the night. Isn't that what thieves do? Have you noticed that thieves are not that dumb that they put an ad out in the paper and say, oh, this week we're going to burglarize this home on such and such street at this time. Be prepared. We're coming through the window. Oh, you'll be prepared, won't you? Some of you would be. If you knew somebody was showing up to plunder your house. See, a thief comes unexpectedly when you're not expecting it. Isn't that, that's one of the most devastating things about being robbed, isn't it? Is that your sense of security is taken away from you. It becomes such a devastating event. I can't believe that happened to me. This is what he's saying. We know that when Jesus comes back, it's going to be like that. It's going to be sudden. And it's going to be unexpected. That's all you need to know. So you don't need to know what's happening over here or what's happening here and what about this or who the president is or whatever that is. You already know that when he comes, the world won't be expecting him. And it'll be sudden. And it'll be unexpected like a thief in the night. How many times did Jesus tell us that? Every one of the Gospels tell us that. Over and over in the Scripture it tells us that. Hey, we just sang a song, Glorious Day, that talks about that, right? We need to know, what we need to know that Jesus will come back. We need to rest in that. Why? Because many will be deceived by peace and security. I think this is interesting. When we look at bad times... We get into this mode. Jesus must be coming back. Jesus must be coming back. But have you noticed so many times when it talks about the second coming, it talks about that people at that time will be in what? Peace and security. In fact, Jesus says it will be like as in the days of Noah. There will literally be weddings taking place that day when he comes back. Talk about being a wedding crasher. Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus the wedding crasher. I guess that would be okay, wouldn't it? But what's it talking about? Life is going to go on as normal. That's why it's so unexpected when it happens. But see, you know that and you need to rest in that. You don't need to get freaked out by all these other things that are going on. You sure don't need to go buy a book that's trying to explain it to you. You know, I have a section downstairs in my library. If you've been in my office, you know I've got lots of books. But I have a section downstairs in my library. It's probably about this wide with the books. And and I don't know why. Maybe it's because I, I'm, I'm a hoarder and I don't want to go through and weed stuff out. But I've got books that were written some 20 years ago, some 30 years ago, some 40 years ago, some just last year. And they're all about prophecy. And I'll be honest with you, half of them mean nothing anymore. Half of them mean nothing anymore. Why? Because it was all speculation. It was a waste of energy and it was a waste of money. I am so thankful that I didn't buy most of them. That they were given to me. Because they were, I would be thinking about how much money I wasted there. You know what you need to know. You know that Jesus will come back suddenly and that's all that matters. But what you know is, is that this world will be deceived. They'll think everything's okay. Everything's going to go okay. But they're not. In fact, what we're going to see here is this. If you continue to look there, his coming will bring judgment and no one will escape. They're thinking peace and safety. But the reality is, is that's not what's coming. When Jesus comes, folks, he's settling accounts. He's going to deal with the wickedness. He's going to deal with the lost who rebelled against Him. And there will be judgment. That's what that word means there. If you look with me, verse 3, he says, as labor pains upon a woman that they shall not escape. When you talk to, you know, I'm married to a lady. She carried all of our beautiful four children. I can almost guarantee you that when they were due, she it was not wonderful. I, all I can remember is was when when we were in the room with Maddie and and I was trying to be nice and I was rubbing her hair and she just snapped at me. Quit that! You're irritating me. It's not a fun time. It's not going to be a fun time when he comes back the scripture describes it as this, that the world will mourn. You're going to be excited when Jesus comes back, but the rest of the world will mourn when he comes back. Because he's going to come bring judgment. And notice what he said. No one will escape. Judgment will come and no one will escape. You say, wow, George. That's pretty serious. I mean... I don't need to get fixated on this. I know that he's coming back, but I'm going to be honest with you. When you talk about that, and you talk about that he's going to come sudden, the world's going to be shaken by that judgment is coming. I'm just going to be honest with you, George. Right now, I just kind of feel nervous about that, because you're you're trying to tell me not to be scared about the future, but that what you're describing makes me scared. Have you noticed that? Sometimes we get that way when we talk about the second coming, because... We don't truly understand, so therefore we're kind of nervous because this is kind of serious stuff here, isn't it? Because when he comes, it ain't going to be roses. So it it just makes me nervous. I think Paul anticipated that. I think he knew that we would react that way, especially to what he's saying here, and so he tells us here in verses four and five what our position is in all of this. And I think this is where we need to gain some comfort. Because we can look at all of that and look at that and say, man, holy cow. Jesus is coming to settle accounts and everybody, nobody's going to escape and it's going to be judgment. It's going to be like a woman bearing in labor. I mean, holy cow, where am I in all of that? Then he tells us verse 4 and 5. Here's our position. Look at what he says. I'll read it to you and then I'll, I'll tell you what he's saying here. Look at what he says. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that the day should overtake you. As a thief. You are all sons of the light, sons of the day. You are not of the night, nor of the darkness. So here's what he's saying, two things. Number one, his coming should not surprise us since we're saved. See, it's going to happen suddenly, but when it happens, I'm going to be honest with you, when you hear the trump, when you hear the shout of the angel, and when you're taken up, you're not going to be there saying, wow, what's going on? You're going to know, I'm with Jesus. You're not going to be surprised. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's not going to overtake you, and you need to be nervous about it. His coming should not surprise me. You're not existing in darkness. What does that mean? You don't have an awareness of what's going on, is what he's saying here. You have an awareness. You know what's going on. The folks who aren't saved are totally oblivious. You notice they mock that? See, you shouldn't be... You're not living in darkness. You have an awareness that one day, maybe today, Jesus is coming back. Here's the second thing that should comfort you. Something that you need to understand about your position. Look at what he's saying there, verse 5. Don't be afraid since we are the children of the light. You ever been in a situation, I remember sometimes in scouting when I was in Boy Scouts, or something at school, and and I, well, let, me, let me talk about school. I remember one time we were in a class and the teacher had to leave and we had some kids in the class that were really messing around, acting up, went wild or whatever, destroyed something, and 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 then the teacher walked in and caught them. And the folks who got caught, you know how they were feeling, right? Oh, what is going to happen to me? But the rest of us who weren't doing anything, did we have anything to worry about? No. See, this is the illustration that he's talking about here. When Jesus comes back, folks, if you're a child of the light and that describes someone who knows Jesus, you ain't got nothing to worry about. But the folks who don't know him, they're going to be like, Ah! Because they got to answer. See, all you need to know, let's get back to what he's saying here. Don't get fixated on this. Don't be worried about this. Don't be looking at the news. I mean, yeah, you need to be aware of what's going on. But don't let that drive you and, and worry you and cause you all kinds of grief. Because you already know enough. What do you know? He's coming back one day. And he's going to come back suddenly and he'll deal with everything. He has a long memory concerning the sins of this world not your sins because he's chosen to forgive them because of salvation but he has a long memory for everyone do you understand what I'm saying how many times have you been done wrong at work how many times has has somebody done you wrong and you're like how will they ever deal with it my friends the stuff that you've even forgotten about God's going to settle he's going to deal with them nobody gets away with anything he's coming And you don't need to be afraid of his coming because you're a child of the light. That's the point that he's talking about here. In fact, next week, because you're a child of the light, he's going to say, well, what do we do then in the midst of this? He's going to tell us next week what we need to do as we're waiting. That's where our focus should be. Have you noticed that? We're so focused on when he's coming and how he's coming and all the signs that point to it Nobody's talking about what we need to be doing while we're waiting. We're going to look at that next week. But let's talk about what he's saying to us today. So let's wrap this up right now. Let me ask you a couple questions. Number one, how secure are you about the future? Are you nervous? How secure are you about the future? Are you freaked out? Every time an election happens and your dude doesn't get elected in, are you like, it's the end of the world? Are you freaked out? With every news of the economy, you're 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 counting the days? Folks, you don't need to be. You already know enough. What do you know? That he said he would come back suddenly. He said he would come back suddenly. How secure are you about your future? Here's the second thing. Are you struggling with wrong ideas about the future? Are you struggling with wrong ideas? Cause you read this book and this book said this and this book said this points to this or, or maybe you read one of those weird things that says this is how America fits into this and how, how the Twin Towers are in the book of Isaiah, folks. I have taught through Isaiah. It says nothing about the Twin Towers. Period. It says nothing about ISIS. It doesn't say anything about Saddam Hussein. It says nothing about any of that. Well, I read that some guy took the whole Bible and put it through a computer and there were certain places with a mixture of certain letters that it came up and it said Hussein. Really, it probably talked about Moby Dick too. Do you think that, and and you know what? I bought the book. No, I didn't. But somebody did. Are you operating under wrong ideas? You don't need to. You just need to operate that you belong to Him and one day He's coming back. That's how you function in uncertain times. Your faith is that He's coming for you. And that He'll give you the grace until He comes for you. So what do we do with this? Here's what you do. Here's your action point. Ask the Spirit to strengthen your faith with the hope of Jesus' return. That's what you need to be focusing on. That's what you need to be. You need to be asking God, God, help me to have a strong faith in the reality that I'm a child of light and that one day Jesus is coming back for me and I anticipate that. All this other stuff is trivial. Help me, Spirit, to have my focus on you and the return of your Son. That's reality. Did you understand what I'm saying? And then, you know what? Here's what happens. If you rest in that, I don't care what's on the news. It's not going to bother you. Oh, it should bother you if it's something terrible. Yeah, we need to have compassion. We need to be bothered by evil and sin. But it's not going to bother you as far as what's happening with Jesus coming back. You're going to be secure in that. That's where we need to be.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning.